We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon recruiting and Oregon football. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Excited to have you guys along today for another episode of the Oregon Rundown. Fall camp is underway in Eugene, and we're starting to get some updates from Dan Lanning and a couple of the Oregon football players. Uh, so I'm going to hop into some of the, the top quotes that we got, the, some of the notable updates, and just uh, kind of some some thoughts on where I think Oregon football is at at a couple of different positions as uh, all eyes are on that home opener against Portland State in Eugene. Um, so we're going to do that. Maybe a little bit of recruiting talk. Wouldn't be surprised if we ended up talking some recruiting. Uh, as you guys know, that is that's my specialty. That's what I love talking about. Uh, but we're also going to have uh, a mailbag portion of today's episode if we can get some questions in from you, the viewers. I'm coming to you live on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus and live on Twitter at M Taurus Sports. So if you guys are here in the live chat, thank you so much for stopping by go ahead and leave me a comment and uh, throw some questions my way. And I will do my best to try to answer those uh, during today's show. Um, but yeah, the the support and the interaction on the podcast and uh, on the YouTube side of things has been awesome lately. So just wanted to start off with a thank you for all your support. It has been great. Football season is, is more or less back. We had an NFL preseason game over the weekend. I think it was the Jets and the Browns. So we're we're right there, folks. It is back, uh, and I think that uh, I saw somewhere on a social media post a while ago saying that uh, there won't be another weekend without football until like February something. So football is back and better. Uh, Dan Lanning and the Ducks are off to a great start in fall camp, and they're also making some noise on the recruiting trail after flipping 2024 corner Dakota Fields from the USC Trojans. So plenty of coverage on that big development for Oregon in the recent episodes of the podcast and over on ducksdigest.com. So go check that out. If you haven't talked about what Fields' commitment means for the ducks, and then also what's next on the recruiting trail and, and more specifically 
at cornerback as Demetrius Martin continues to make waves as one of the premier recruiters in the Pac-12. So to start off today's episode of the podcast, we got a couple of notable updates yesterday after the sixth spring or sixth fall camp practice for Oregon out in Eugene. I'm going to start with some wide receiver talk. Uh, we're going to be talking about Makai Williams. Makai Williams isn't really a name a lot of Oregon fans know as far as it as football is concerned. But why am I talking about him? Well, the development from Tuesday is that Makai Williams had been added to Oregon football's fall camp roster, and uh, he's going to be playing some wide receiver for the Ducks. Um, and, and why is this an important development? Well, it's because Makai Williams is a world-class sprinter, easily one of the fastest athletes in the entire country. Makai Williams has made a name for himself on the track as a duck, uh, a premier sprinter, one of you know only a handful of people I feel like in the country. I'm not very knowledgeable with track, so give me some give me some grace here. But the dude runs a, a sub ten in the 100 meters, which is absolutely unreal. Um, and then he also runs a, uh, oh, shoot, I was trying to think of what the time was in the 60, uh, the 60 meters. Um, but let me, let me pull that one up for you here. Um, uh, let's see, last season in spoke, uh, at the Texas Tech Open, he recorded a winning time of 6.49 seconds in the 60 meters. So this guy has some serious wheels. And um, I wrote a story about it over on Ducks Digest. And I got some comments from, from Dan Lanning uh, about this edition and kind of what Makai Williams brings to the table and a little bit more insight on the process. Uh, Lanning saying, quote, Makai wanted to play football and we wanted to give him a chance to see if he can. It's been a long time. He hasn't really played since his freshman year of high school, but you can't coach fast. He's fast. We'll see what he's able to do out there for us. Um, yeah, so Makai Williams hasn't played football since his freshman year of high school, uh, but this is definitely a very interesting development for Will Stein, Junior Adams, in the entirety of the Oregon offense. Makai Williams, in case you don't know him, he actually is a native Oregonian. Uh, hometown is Portland, and he attended Benson High School. So this is a, an in-state guy, and as we've kind of said with uh, Oregonians that go on to play football for the U of O, just means a little bit more. So I think this is an awesome addition. It's it's low-risk, high-reward kind of a deal. Uh, he did join the team as a walk-on, as Lanning confirmed that he does not count against the 85-man scholarship limit following Tuesday's practice. Uh, I got another quote here. Uh, from Lanning talking about, uh, you know, he was asked about what that interaction was like with Jerry Schumacher, um, who is the head track and field coach for the Ducks. And he said, quote, Jerry's a team guy. Jerry and I talked before and he said, yeah, this is something he wants to do. This is something we want to let him do. It's our job to see if he, uh, and then Lanning said, if it's our job to see if it's going to be a fit for him because he's obviously got a long career ahead of him in track and that doesn't change. So just an exciting addition, you know, not a storyline that you see super often uh, in the Oregon football space, at least not of late, but Hey, Oregon's no strangers to having dual sport athletes that succeed in football and track specifically sprinters. You have LaMichael James, you have Devin Allen, you have LaMichael James, 
as, as guys who have come to Oregon and had success on the football field and in the track and field program. So Michael Makai Williams, excuse me, is going to be trading in his track and field spikes for some football cleats this fall as he is going to be suiting up for the Ducks. But ultimately, you kind of ask yourself, okay, this is a cool story and everything, but can this guy really play? You know, is this someone that we could see suiting up for the Ducks in a game this year? Well, my immediate reaction off the top is probably not. You know, let's pump the brakes. The guy hasn't played football since his freshman year of high school, like Lanning said. Um, but obviously, he's a tremendous athlete if he's putting up the times that he is. And like I mentioned, it's a low-risk, high-reward addition. Oregon's wide receiver room is absolutely stacked, so there's going to have to be quite a bit of competition that he's going to have to overcome to ultimately see the field, uh, unless the Ducks can you know, get into some, some blowout games and, and get some of those reserves, guys that are lower down the depth chart, into the game on offense. I talked about how Oregon isn't strange, isn't Oregon is not a stranger to having guys succeed in football and track. We have to mention Roderick Pleasant as well, right? The true freshman cornerback is in Eugene going through practice with the Ducks. And uh, this is one of the guys that has a bunch of hype in this 2023 recruiting class. Um, Roderick Pleasant attended Gardena, California, Sarah. Uh, before he ended up in Eugene, the same school where the Ducks just landed a commitment from Dakota Fields. And Roderick Pleasant is the California State record holder in the 100 meters, a little bit slower than Makai Williams, at least as of right now. If you're looking at the times, I believe his junior year, he set the state, the state record with a time of 10.14. Kyler Casper was asked about Makai Williams uh, on on Tuesday and he was saying that um or it was either Makai that he was asked about or Roderick and he was saying that the two guys have to line up to see who is the fastest on the team so just an exciting development for Oregon kind of a fun story to to start things off with on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast the Oregon rundown but we're going to keep it in the wide receiver room with our next little uh tidbit we're going to be talking about Kyler Casper Kyler Casper is a redshirt freshman wide receiver that came to Oregon from the state of Arizona, and he had a little bit of an interesting journey to Oregon, let's call it, right? He ended up committing to Oregon as one of the top wide receiver recruits in the class of 2023, also was considering uh, Tennessee at the time. And uh, this was a huge win for, at the time, Kenny Dillingham, Dan Lanning, and the rest of this Oregon staff, certainly Junior Adams. And I think that Kyler Casper might be a receiver that some Oregon fans might have forgotten about a little bit, right? If, if you followed my work, I obviously covered that recruitment a whole lot after he announced his commitment. But what ended up happening is Kyler Casper reclassified from the 2023 class to the 2022 class, arrived in Eugene just about a year ago today in time for fall camp and he was kind of drinking out of a fire hose right you know did everything that he could to hit the ground running but there is a lot that goes into that transition from the high school level to the college level he had to get the signals down he had to get the offense down he had to get the speed of the game down he had to get to that level of competing with with other guys you know in his class and, and other guys who had already been at oregon so all of that to say Kyler Casper didn't play much of a role in Oregon's offense as a true freshman in 2022, was able to get a full season under his belt, and he has now more or less gotten an entire offseason to work with 
to help him get up to speed. And I think he is a guy who could definitely be ready to make some noise this year for that Oregon offense and junior Adams at the wide receiver spot. Dan Lanning was talking about Tuesday's practice and mentioned that Kyler Casper had a big play, a big catch in their two minute drill portion of the practice. So you're seeing him make some of those big plays in those crucial situations. We all know how important the two minute offense is. And I think that is an area where Oregon grew last year uh, behind quarterback, Bo Nix, a guy who is kind of becoming known at Oregon for, for clutch plays and, and big moments. So I think that that is definitely a good development that you want to hear about Kyler Casper. And I talked about how I think he's a guy who can make some plays for Oregon's offense this year. I really think that Kyler Casper is a sleeping giant because he is just a unique type of player. And he brings something to this Oregon offense that nobody has. And that's a six foot six, 207 pound frame, uh, which is obviously incredibly unique. He's without a doubt the tallest wide receiver in Oregon's wide receiver room. But you don't need me to tell you that height isn't all it takes. You know, you can't just be some tall receiver or tall player at any position and expect to find the field. I don't think that's how it works. But the reason that I'm excited about his upcoming season is because he's had time to really settle in. Uh, He's trying to play at 210 this upcoming year. Uh, I think that that's great. That's kind of where you want him. And he moves really well for a guy of his size. Um, And and there's reason to to be confident that he can take that next step because he was a great playmaker uh, at the high school level. Um, He was a matchup nightmare for virtually any defensive back that he went against. And it's also worth mentioning that as excited as I am for Kyler Casper in 2023, Oregon doesn't need him to have a big year. Why is that? It's because this Junior Adams wide receiver room is stacked with talent from top to bottom. You know, Troy Franklin is obviously the talk of the room and deservedly so. He landed on the Blitnikoff Award preseason award watch list for the best wide receiver in college football. That wasn't much of a surprise. Uh, the Ducks haven't had a thousand yard receiver since Dylan Mitchell, if memory serves. And uh, I think Troy Franklin was right around 897 yards last year. So just shy of that mark, but I think that he should definitely be able to hit it in 2023. Second year with Bo Nix, he's obviously going to be a big focal part of focal point of the offense in 2023. So you have Troy Franklin, and then you have a trio of transfers that come in. Treshawn Holden comes in from Alabama. Tez Johnson comes in from Troy. Gary Bryant Jr. comes in from USC after Junior Adams recruited him to Washington out of high school in the class of 2020. So you have a bunch of experience there, but then you also have Chris Hudson and he was a a pretty reliable guy for the Ducks last year. You know, he had some drops and some big moments, but I think he's a guy who's also poised to take another step in his game and become a reliable option for, for Bo Nix in that Oregon offense. And then you also have guys like Justice Lowe, who uh, is a former in-state guy uh, in former Utah commit that junior Adams was able to flip late in the 2022 recruiting cycle He's a guy who's kind of flown under the radar, uh, but I think you're hearing some good buzz about Justice Lowe in that wide receiver room. And then we haven't even talked about the five-star freshman, Jurion Dickey. Uh, Jurion Dickey got some guys really, really excited. Um, You got fans really excited about his upcoming freshman season after uh, there were some highlights that were posted by Oregon on social media, and he had a one-handed grab, uh, really exciting play. Uh, as he was donning that number 99, what a special uh, number for a wide receiver. 
Um, but Jurion Dickey is another guy that I'm excited about in this wide receiver room. Um, I feel like I'm saying that about everybody, but you know, he's a Bay area guy. So maybe I have a little bit of bias there being a, a fellow Bay area native, but uh, he, he was only able to play a part of his senior season after an injury, cut it short. I think he only played four games, um, but it seems like he's really hit the ground running and um, it doesn't appear that that injury is going to hamper him maybe as much as I thought it might have. You got to keep in mind here, Jurion Dickey didn't enroll early. He was a normal enrollee, quote unquote, um, that arrived with the rest of this 23 class in June. So he has, by all indications, by all signs, hit the ground running. And then you have another All-American caliber guy in Ashton Cozart who enrolled early. So this wide receiver room for Oregon is completely loaded and uh, they shouldn't have any depth concerns. Um, but but Kyler Casper is someone that I think maybe needs to be uh, in discussions for a little bit more of a significant playing time right now. Um, because another thing that is going in his favor, working in his favor, is that he has continuity at Oregon. You know, he has his first full offseason under his belt with the Ducks. Like I mentioned, he is learning a new offense, as is everybody else with Will Stein coming in from UTSA. But it's his second year working with Junior Adams. So, you know, all of the all of the language, a lot of the language, I should say, I shouldn't say all of it, uh, a lot of the signals and the signs, the speed of the game, he's already got that down pat. He's talking about how the game is slowing down for him now that he has been at Oregon for as long as he has. Um, coaches talk about it all the time. Once you get the, the speed of the college game down, once you get the scheme of your team down, the playbook, being in the playbook, and then getting more comfortable just with competing with guys at the college level, realizing that you're not that guy anymore. If you're a, if you were a six six wide receiver and you were an absolute matchup nightmare when you were playing high school ball out in Arizona, you would probably go you know get to Oregon with that mindset or whatever school is saying, hey, I'm that guy. Uh, but I'm not saying this happened with Kyler Casper, but this is just a, a talking point about college football in general. Stars don't matter, and no one cares about. No one gives a rip about what you did in high school. So, Brooks Durham here says Casper is him. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to say that, but he's definitely somebody that I am super excited to see uh, in the 2023 season. Uh, I think all signs are pointing towards him having a breakout year. He talks about kind of what makes him different. He said that no one really is his size. No one's six six and can move like he can, can run the routes like he can. So keep an eye out for Kyler Casper as a breakout candidate in this Oregon offense. He's not going to be talked about a whole lot, I don't think, just because there are so many guys that kind of project to be ahead of him because they've played more football at Oregon or they've played more college football and are more experienced, have produced more. But boy, Kyler Casper is someone that you have to be excited about if you're looking at the wide receiver position. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, keep those questions coming in. If you guys are just joining us, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast here uh, over on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Make sure to hit that like button, drop me a comment, and throw some questions my way. It can be Oregon football. It can be Oregon recruiting. You know, whatever it is, I'm game for it and just excited to be here. So we're going to continue moving right along and talk about Jeffrey Bassa because he made a comment following Tuesday's practice that I think got some people very excited. Uh, he was asked about Oregon's physicality and kind of where the defense is at. And specifically on the physicality front, let me let me pull up the, the direct quote here. Uh, he said that the, the physicality for Oregon is, quote, way through the roof. I think we're going to be a more physical team this year. And that got a lot of people excited. And I think it's kind of one that uh, – Maybe it can get blown out of proportion. I think that you would expect Oregon's defense to be physical. I think whether you're talented or not, you need to be a physical defense just so you can kind of have that identity and get that respect on a national scale. Um, but we're kind of at that point, you know, leading up to the season where, you know, we're going to see some quotes probably get get grabbed from uh, fall camp or, or whatever it is from practice and, and some of that hype's going to be building up for Oregon. And I think that this is a defense that has a lot to prove. There's pressure on this Oregon defense, no doubt about it. Not only was Oregon's defense pretty bad overall last year, to put it lightly, um, you know, the pass defense was, was pretty suspect. There, there was a very inconsistent pass rush. They had some really good moments defending the run, made some good plays in that Utah game. That was probably their most complete defensive effort of the year last year but make no mistake about it there is a lot of pressure on this Oregon defense not only because you go out and add guys like Jordan Birch from South Carolina Nico Reed from Colorado uh, who who played under Demetrius Martin Kyrie Jackson from from Alabama Justin Jacobs from Iowa Th- this team definitely reloaded on defense and that's without even talking about some of the recruits that they were able to land. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about those guys because there's another guy that's generating some buzz in that true freshman class. But you lose Christian Gonzalez from a year ago on defense. You lose DJ Johnson. You lose Noah Sewell. And DJ Johnson and especially Noah Sewell, those were two big leaders on your defense, as was Christian Gonzalez, who played his way into a first-round selection to the New England Patriots. So there are some good pieces coming back, but – they lost some pieces too. So this team is is fortunately returning a bunch of its defensive talent, but you're also looking to take on a, a little bit of a new identity. I don't think Oregon's defense has been truly dominant 
since 2019, since the last time they won the Pac-12 title. Um, when when you had that that amazing defense under Andy Avalos with guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, Troy Dye, Javon Holland, Diamondor Lenore, um, there were so many good pieces. Uh, Jordan Scott, there were so many good pieces to that Oregon defense. And I think ever since then, the Ducks have been consistently working, trying to get back to that standard, trying to get back to setting the bar at that level. And it, it just hasn't been there. 2021, you had some flashes. You go out to the shoe and you beat Ohio State. You get some really close wins um, that you maybe should have lost, but the defense kind of took on that bend, don't break mentality in 2021, which is great when you're winning games, but it's go time now. You know, Oregon's heading to the Big Ten. Dan Lanning just signed a huge contract extension. The pressure is on because Dan Lanning has made a name for himself as one of the best defensive minds in college football. Tosh Lapoy, phenomenal recruiter, has developed some really elite players. You have those guys working together, and Oregon fans are over here saying that's the best you can do with that defense. Are you joking? I mean, I'm not trying to rip into them. I'm just trying to tell you how it is. The defense fell short of the mark last year. And now you have a loaded roster, uh, you know, with, with these guys from the portal and a really, really good coaching staff. I think that there's pressure for, for Oregon to have one of, if not the best defenses in the Pac-12. Kenny Dillingham came in and in one season lit up the scoreboard, set the Pac-12 on fire. Well, now he's down south in Tempe coaching at Arizona State. Uh, but hey, you still have Bo Nix and you have Will Stein, who has you know so much promise as a, as a young offensive coordinator. I think that if I'm if I'm uh, the Oregon defense, I'm looking at what the offense did last year and and saying, hey, it's our turn. Let's let the defense be the story of the team this year. Sure, Bo Nix is the face of that team right now, more or less. He's someone that's going to be in that Heisman conversation. But Oregon's defense. I think could very well be what determines how far they go this year. Sure. You can talk about Bo Nix taking them as far as you can. The offensive line being a huge part of what they're going to be able to do with Bo Nix returning for his final college season. But the defense is part of what really held this team back next year. So, or last year, excuse me. So they have all the pieces there on the roster. You have a stellar coaching staff. A lot of guys that Lane has worked with, uh, and uh, there's plenty of reason to think that they can turn it around, but now it's time to see it. Portland State won't tell us very much. It'll tell us, hey, this, this defense can go play a college game. That game in Texas Tech, uh, in Lubbock against Texas Tech, that's going to be where, where we really see what this Oregon defense is ultimately made of and what they're going to be able to do, I think, in the bigger picture in 2023. Uh, speaking about defense, I have two more notes, and then I'll get to some questions, seeing some of those coming in the chat. So I'm going to go ahead and and star those. Uh, definitely excited to see that there are a lot of questions coming in. So make sure you guys keep those rolling, and I'll do my best to get to them. Another update on Wednesday. Oregon running backs Noah Whittington and Bucky Irving landed on the Doak Walker preseason award, uh, the Doak Walker award preseason watch list. And this really shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody, right? Especially for Bucky Irving, who had a 1000 yard season last year um, and just was an absolute tank for the ducks. Um, the Bucky and Noah make Oregon one of only 11 schools that had multiple backs 
on the watch list. You have schools like LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Tennessee, Wisconsin, and Colorado that also had multiple backs that were on that preseason award watch list for the Doak Walker Award. A total of 75 players, but Bucky Irving really made a name for himself in the one season he's been in Eugene since transferring over from Minnesota. He's number three in Oregon single season history and fourth in the Pac-12 with 6.7 yards per carry. Last year, he rushed for five touchdowns and even chipped in three receiving touchdowns as well. Averaged just over 80 yards per game on the ground. So Bucky Irving was one of the most consistent pieces of this Oregon offense a year ago. And, uh, you know, people I'm talking to around that program tell me that they think he's a generational running back. Um, and, and he has been phenomenal for the Ducks and Carlos Lachlan, who definitely needs a whole lot of credit for this running back room that he has established in his one year. Uh, and Eugene also added a couple of running backs from the prep ranks in 23. Most, uh, most, the one that we want to talk about the most right now is Dante Dowdell out of Mississippi and then Jaden Lamar out of Washington, who was a late flip from Notre Dame. Uh, and then you also have Noah Whittington, who played in all 13 games during the 2022 season at Oregon, uh, rushed for a career high 779 yards and five touchdowns. And then he also added uh, a little bit in the receiving game and the passing game, 169 receiving yards and a touchdown. So Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington could very well be one of the best running back duos. I think they're one of the best running back duos in all of college football. They're an awesome one-two punch, and I think they really do have a lot of similarities in their games. They're both physical. They're both fast. They can, they're playmakers. Uh, they have plenty of wiggle in their game. And I really think that they were kind of used as a 1A, 1B type of scenario. Uh, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I think Bucky Irving only had like 20 more carries than Noah Whittington during the 2022 season. So I think Bucky is obviously the guy at running back. Uh, but Noah, Noah Whittington is, is widely viewed as the fastest guy in that room. And that dude has tree trunks for legs. If you've seen pictures of him, that dude has stayed in the weight room since the end of the 2022 season. And both of those guys were also incredibly durable for Oregon. Um, I don't think either of them missed any time if, if memory serves. But you also have Jordan James in that backfield uh, who played a substantial amount as a true freshman former Georgia commit out of the state of Tennessee that flipped to Oregon following the hire of Dan Landing. So this running back room is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the rich get richer. The, the tradition of amazing running backs at Oregon is not going to be slowing down anytime soon. And the Ducks already have a commit in the 24 class in Washington, D.C., St. John's running back, Dejon Riggs. So um, we will see if Oregon is able to make some noise in the Doak Walker conversation. You'll remember they had Byron Carwell on the, the preseason award watch list last year, but then he only played in two games before uh, taking a redshirt year and ultimately transferring to Cal ahead of the 2023 season. So maybe it doesn't mean a whole lot, but hey, they're at least in the conversation as some of the best running backs in all of college football. All right, what else did I have here? Um, oh yeah, okay, last note, and then we'll get to some questions. Uh, Mateo Uyunglele, true freshman edge rusher for the Oregon Ducks out of St. John Bosco in Bellflower, California, national state or national champions in the 2023-2022 season. He's making some noise, man. He's really making some buzz, generating some hype out there in Eugene. Mateo Uyunglele is picking up the scheme. 
According to head coach Dan Lanning, he said that's part of what's made him so effective in the short amount of time that he's been at Oregon. He was an early enrollee, and he looks like he has been hit in the weight room as well with Wilson Love. This is a guy who's 6'5 and probably north of 260 pounds, even as a true freshman. Um, you know, one of my photographers got a great picture that I put over on uh, over on Twitter, some, some nice pictures of Mateo and what he's been able to do uh, as a true freshman at Oregon. So let me go ahead and, and just share some of these photos for you guys real quick. Um, but yeah, Mateo is, is a guy who I think is really on track to carve out a significant role at Oregon, even as a true freshman. Here are, here are the photos uh, from my guy Keenan um, of Mateo going against uh, tight end, freshman tight end, Travis Brashear. Um, and I think this is a rep that you would expect him to win. I, I think that Brashear is, is a walk-on, um, but it's just it's exciting to see a guy like Mateo generating buzz, especially at the edge rusher position. You know, Oregon probably hasn't had this kind of a hype behind a defensive lineman since Kayvon Thibodeau uh, in the 2020 in the 2019 class, excuse me. Um, and, and maybe it's important to mention KT because as much hype as he had and, and all the buzz that he was generating he really didn't carve out a starting role on that Oregon defense until kind of the back end uh, of his true freshman season. So uh, I'm not ready to say that Mateo is going to start, but um, I'm not surprised that there's a lot of buzz around his name right now, uh, right now in fall camp. You do have some other really talented guys that the Ducks brought in uh, at edge rusher. Obviously Jordan Birch is one of them. Uh, and then Blake Purchase out of Colorado and Ashton Porter out of the state of Texas. Those are two other guys that I think, uh, you have to keep an eye on. And then Tatum Tuioti. Uh, I heard that he's added 30 pounds since getting to Oregon, and that's a coach's son, so his technique is, is going to be a very strong piece of this game. Uh, he spent his senior year at Sheldon in Eugene, and um, the people that I've talked to around the program have been very high on Tatum Tuioti and really wouldn't be surprised if, if he's able to, to uh, play some significant stap, snaps this upcoming year for Dan Lanning on that Oregon defense. So, Mateo Uyunglele, he's doing his thing and, and making some noise, and he's kind of the, the headliner of, of Oregon's 2023 recruiting class from a defensive standpoint. Uh, huge win for Dan Lanning and Tosh Lapoy over the likes of Ohio State, USC. Uh, but he's making some noise, and we're going to have to see what things look like if he's going to be able to, to see the field in that game against Portland State. He's picked up the scheme, which is allowing him to, to play that game with a lot more comfort and, and ease. So picking up the scheme is the first part of it, and now he's going to be able to just hopefully let it rip and really take things to the next level during his true freshman season. 